NBA Podcast. It's your co-host James with Jake, episode 82. Happy Friday. Jake, how's it going? It's going well. I love Fridays. It's a great day for a Friday. Um, yeah, I, lo- I also love Fridays. Definitely agree with you. Yeah. Fridays are the best. Hmm. Friday. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Uh, well, let's get it started. Uh, sorry for the delay. Uh, uh, episode 82, it's been a rough week. Yep. But we'll get into that later. Why don't, we start about, why don't we start off with some Sharks talk? Jerry, why don't you start, it off, start us off? Yes, yeah, so some Sharks talk for you. Last time we talked, the Sharks were trash. They were ass. They were really bad. Then we talked about this, this stat about Radim Semek, who was a defenseman that they had, and how before him last year, they were like 12-10-1. Then, with him, they were 31-9-3. Then this year, they started out like 4-10 or something, or 3-10, 3-10-1. Well, now... They've won five straight games with him back in the lineup, and they're now, I believe, 8-10-2 on the season. So they're coming back. They're making sort of a comeback. So it's been a good couple weeks yeah. for them. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Evander Kane's been scoring a lot of goals. He has 12 on the season. Uh, 12 before – He's, I believe he's the 16th Shark to have 12 goals in their first 20 games of the season. So he's scoring a lot of goals. Martin Jones has been playing well recently. And again, their season kind of switched when Nadim Semek came back from injury. And now they're undefeated with him, which is pretty good and pretty cool. And so they're 36-9-3 with him. And since his debut on December 2nd, 2018, and without him, they are far worse. So good for him, good for the Sharks, and they're back, I believe. We're back. Yeah, definitely agree. Love yeah. to hear yeah, me too. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. I think the Sharks play tomorrow at home. I'm not sure who they play against. Uh, check right now. They play the Wings. Ah. So yeah, so it should be a pretty good game. We shall see, though. Uh, hopefully they go to six games in a win streak and keep playing great hockey. That's all I have for Sharks. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I want to uh, talk about some pretty interesting stuff going on uh, in the baseball world. Again, Jake. Yeah, so as we know, I'm a Sharks, I'm a Giants and Astros fan, which is kind of a weird combination, but I am. I told you why about why I was an Astros fan a while back. Not going to get into it again. But first, I'm going to start with the Astros. Um, so apparently, in a story from The Athletic, um, let's see, get to the title here. This article is by Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drylick of The Athletic. said that the Astros stole signs electronically in 2017, part of, a, part of a much broader issue for Major League Baseball. So, stealing signs. Here's the thing. Stealing signs, like, organically, not using technology, is fine. Like there's no really like back there's no really like backlash to that. If you do it and you're able to like know the signs on your own, that's actually pretty good. That's actually a good thing for your team. It has nothing to do with you like cheating or anything like that. Um, so enable. So some people think, how does someone steal a sign? Well, here's what could happen. Let's say there's a runner at second base, right? He's at second base. He's looking at the catcher, see what signs he puts down. 
let's say a catcher puts down a two or puts down a one for a fastball, fastball gets thrown. Well, when the guy or like next pitch, he puts down a three, then like a curveball gets thrown. Puts down a two, next pitch, a changeup gets thrown. Once the inning's over, the batter who's at the runner who's at second base can go into the dugout and tell everyone, hey, here's what the signs are. One fastball, three curveball, two changeup, whatever. That's fine. There's no stealing in that. That's not something that's like backlash worthy. However, the Astros kind of went in a far different and bigger and much more illegal fashion of doing stealing signs. So, according to the Athletic, electric sign, electronic sign stealing is not a single team issue. Major League Baseball rules prohibit clubs from using electronic equipment to steal catcher signs and convey information. Uh, but, however, the commissioner's office hears complaints about many different organizations, everything from, mysteri- everything from mysterious people in white shirts sending signals from center field to elaborate systems involving television cameras and tablets. There's never been a punishment for this. However, a team, uh, at least publicly that is, however, a team did violate the science standing schools in 2017, and that team was the Boston Red Sox. However, there was more going on that season. Uh, so apparently to the article, four people who were with the Astros in 2017, including pitcher Mike Fires, who's now, at four, who's now at Oakland A, said that during the season, the Astros stole signs during home games in real time with the aid of a camera positioned in the outfield. Now, the Astros have been having some sort of having some bad question. press. I have a question. Yes. I have a question. Yes. Why, why are players coming up and speaking about it now? I don't know. I have no, That's a good question. That's a great question, James. However, I'm not 100% sure why. I have, have a, a theory of some I have a, sort? I have a, I have a theory. The Astros aren't really liked. They're kind of hated now since that since the Justin GM had that terrible right. thing that he did with like right. that the domestic violence and the female reporter. Right. And I think people who like people who played for the Astros are kind of like, you know what, who aren't on the Astros anymore, like some coaches too, some like executives who are on the Astros as well. It's like, you know what, we have to come out and say it. However, I think Major League Baseball had an idea already of what was going on. However, the players or former players like Mike Fires are now actual or now it's telling them like actual proof that hey they did steal signs. Now I don't know why he did it. However, I understand that Major League Baseball knew that some sign stealing was going on. It's been really like the MLB MLB baseball's been looking at that really tough over the past couple years. But now they're finally getting some proof that yes, that some teams are, you know, stealing signs electronically. And as I said before, stealing signs like Naturally is fine, but what Astros are doing is kind of it's messed up. It's it's cheating basically. However, so yeah, early in the season, uh, early in 2017, two Astros got together to start the process of this thing. One was a hitter of string at the plate and a benefit from signing with a previous team, and another was a coach who wanted the help. Um, and they thought, hey, some teams are already doing this, so if we do it, it's not going to be that big of a deal. However, they wanted to devise like their own type of system, and Mike Fires said about it, that's not playing the game the right way. They were advanced and willing to go above and beyond the win. There was like, there was like three sources inside the organization that had direct knowledge of the scheme, uh, dis- discussed like what actually happened, and here's what happened. The Astros set up required technical video knowledge and re- required the direct aid of at least some on the baseball operations staff, team sources said. 
Um, then we get back to now in 2019, where that GM, the assistant GM, or assistant to the GM, gets fired for what he said. So they were interviewing him about this thing. Now they got some more knowledge about the science ceiling. So they asked some stuff about him. Uh, but he didn't really say much. But he tried, like, he was talking about, like, he didn't say much about it really. So paranoia within baseball, particularly regarding the Astros, have been really, like, rampant, runs deep. Um, during the American League Championship Series of this year, the Yankees believed that the Astros were whistling from the dugout to, to communicate communicate pitches however the, league, however the league found no wrongdoing into it um, and some other rumors about the Astros may not be true however with this one here's what the Astros did in 2017 the Astros set up in tw- according to the Athletic the Astros set up in 2017 was not overly complicated a feed from a camera in center field fixed on the opposing catcher signs was hooked up to a television monitor that was placed on a wall steps from the team's dug- home dugout at Minute Maid Park. In a tunnel that runs deep between the dugout and the clubhouse, team employees and players would watch the screen during the game and try to decode, try to decode um, signs uh, sitting opposite the screen on massage tables in a wide hallway. Now, in this article, um, it talks about when onlookers believed that they had decoded the signs, the expected pitch would be communicated via a loud noise. Specifically, in this case, banging on a trash can. So they would, let's say, it says they would bang on a trash can which sat in the tunnel. Normally, the bangs that they would do when they hit the trash can would indicate that a breaking ball or off-speed pitch was coming. Now, there's video of this online that you can go look at from John Boy Media. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He did like a whole entire thing about this where you would see there's one with um, one pitcher they did it against was with. Um, Oh, what's his name? Um, Chris Archer, who used to pitch for the Tampa Bay Rays, who's now in the Pirates. So there's a sequence of pitches where, like, the first it was 0-0, curveball was called, or, like, a breaking ball was called. Then the bench, then you would hear, visually, you would audibly, audibly hear this, like, banging noise. Now, what they did was one bang would be like a, let's say, for example, one bang would be a changeup. If they hit the crash can two times, it would be a curveball. So if they decoded the, if they decoded the signs, you would hear two big, loud booms inside like the dugout area indicating that, hey, a curveball is coming. Or one bang indicating, hey, a changeup's coming. So they would be able to know from which this amount of bangs they would hear what the pitch was. And if there was no bangs they would have it would be a fastball basically so that's what this this that's what this uh article gets into however there was a new thing where the bullpen catcher would somehow sneak an earpiece into his ear and somehow look from the outfield uh, bleach uh, from the you know from the bullpen area look over there yeah he would look at the bullpen area he would say something in a little headset that was hidden like, you know, in the office, how Jim was wearing that small earpiece. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would yeah. do something like that and tell the people in the dugout, hey, this is what the signs are. This is what would happen. Then, like, there's an example of Danny Farquhar, who pitched for the – Lord Farquhar, who pitched for the Chicago White Sox in 2017. Uh, he made two appearances at Minute Maid Park just before the playoffs, and he appeared to visibly notice what the Ashes are up to. He said that – this is what he said. 
There was a banging from the dugout, almost like a bat hitting the bat rack. Every time a changeup signal got put down. After the third one, I stepped off. I was throwing some really good changeups, and they were just get, they were getting fouled off. After the third bang, I stepped off, and that's when he knew, hey, okay, something's going on here. Then when he got then when he got back to it, they changed the signs to a more complex kind of like a complex kind complex signs. That could be right. like second sign. Like let's say you're you're the catcher, right? And you put down a one, right. then you put down a two. The right. pitch that's called is the second one. Or it could be you put down three signs. The second sign is what the pitch would be. So you would do it like that. Try to get the signs thing. You get you do like this. Off, yeah, right. you get it right. off. Um, and the Farquhar stop said that after that happened, the banging stopped. And he thought that hey, they're picking up it from they're picking it up from the video and relaying signs to the dugout, which got him very angry. Stuff like that. Um, right. Then they said, like, the impact of the sign stealing is difficult to assess. Not every player in Houston did it. However, some did. And Mike Fire said, hey, there, there was guys who, who didn't like it. And there were guys who were – there were guys who, like, who didn't want to know what was coming. And then there were guys who did want to know what was coming. So there was kind of like that. Then there was another – this is the last, time, last thing we'll speak about it. But there's another thing where sources recall that the system being discussed around the team – and like one day in the cafeteria, this is according to the article, a player lamented that the fact that the screen had not been set up on time. Another player, a player said they were looking forward to going back to Minute Park and the benefit of the trash can. Then at least once, some of the Astros were worried enough that they would be discovered that in the middle of the game, someone in the dugout ordered the screen hauled out of the tunnel and hidden. Jesus Christ. So yeah, so there was a, this is a pretty big, this is like, a, this is a scandal really. Because as this I said, really, this is a really big story. Yeah, because as I said, stealing signs organically—nothing wrong with it. This, electronically, there's a big issue with that, and I don't know exactly what the MLB, MLB is going to do, but something's going to happen, and there's going to be some big consequences about it. Yeah, I, I find it really interesting. Um, obviously, I don't watch a lot of baseball, um, but knowing that. Uh, some teams do this. Uh, a champ, a World Series winning team doing this uh, is interesting. Well, what I feel like is going to be really interesting is that the who, uh, like you were just saying, who I don't know if they'll ever find out what players actually did this. Like who who uh, stole the signs or you know uh, read the or you know was listening to what the signs were and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I really just hope it's not Jose Altuve. Yeah, I'm not sure because I actually have a video of it that I might play right now, telling, like, showing you a little information of like what I was talking about. Um, right. This is from John Boy Media, the guy who, like, he didn't like break the story, but he went back and looked at what was happening, and this is what. Right. This is some information, like some video on what he found. So here it goes. Let's see what it sounds like before I play it, though. Hopefully, there's no. Let's see here. Are we on pause right now? No, we're 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 live. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna play it. I'm trying to see. Unless Major League Baseball took it down. That'd be interesting. Yeah, because I looked on YouTube and I think it may have been taken down. Wait. This is great podcasting radio. However, until I get this, the Giants hired a manager, Gabe Kapler. Um, not really happy with the move, but I'm going to give him a chance, and that's why I have on the Giants managing hire. 
So we now have we a go. lot of allegations. Right. Here we go. Confirmation that the Astros were using a video camera to cheat and steal pitches. And opposing pitcher, Danny Farquaad, don't know if I said that right, he said there was a banging from the dugout, almost like a bat hitting the bat rack every time a changeup signal got put down. I found the footage. Let's watch it. Here we go. Since used. Bang. That one was very slight, but he takes the changeup. Now, Farquaad looking good. Let's see. Fastball, no bang at all. Takes it. Next pitch. There's the changeup. Bang, bang, that. takes it. There was the off speed. Now it's like, wait, what? What's going on here? Now look. Fastball outside. So quick, two signs. Geared up for the fastball, fouls it off. Next pitch. Change up. Oh, I hear that, yeah. Bang, bang. That sequence is so upsetting. There's no way that is done without technology. How fast they get the bangs after the sign goes down. Watch it again. It's so fast. That's, I mean, just upsetting. Now they try to do sequence. Outside fastball. No bang. Tries to foul it off. And then steps in again. Call for the changeup. Ooh, yeah, you hear bang, that? Bang, bang. Farquaad steps off and says, wow. can you hear it? He's like, hey, they got the fucking signs. We got to change this. So he goes on. This is super obs- So, yeah, that's some of the sound. You you can clearly hear the, like, in the background, the changeup's called. Like, yeah, I heard some of that. Like, you can clearly hear that. So, yeah, there is something going on here. There's no doubt about it. It's it's proven. You hear it. You hear changeup. Fastball, nothing. Change up, fastball, nothing. Change up, and you get it from there. That's what they were doing. And I'm not sure what the consequence is going to be, but it's going to be pretty significant. Maybe draft picks, maybe a fine. It, I doubt I doubt they would vacate the title. I don't know how much of a difference this would make, but it does make a pretty big difference. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens, uh, but we just have no idea yet. So we have to wait to see what happens with that, but uh, it's gonna be it's it's fascinating to know what's gonna happen, and we shall see what happens with that. Um, but as you know, baseball has been having sign stealing things for years now, um, but we shall see about that. Um, so yeah, if you have any other, that's, I think that's about it of what I have on the baseball for that. Um, do you have any questions? Uh, no, I do not. It's just going to be really interesting how everything just gets broken down yeah. and what MLB will make of it. But, yeah, it's going to be really interesting how everything unfolds. Because that was, I mean, Jesus. Fastball, nothing. Change up. You could clearly hear it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's baseball talk, though. Um, that was a good baseball talk, I believe. Also... Will Smith, sign of the Ash, sign of the Atlanta Braves, former Giants closer, got a qualifying offer by the Giants, sign of a different team. So that means the Giants get a pick, get a second round pick, like seventy through eighty. Baumgartner got the qualifying offer as well. V signs of another team, under fifty million dollars would be seventy to eighty. The pick wise, if it's over fifty million dollars, between it'll be between the pick thirty, the pick forty. Yes. Yeah. What about Baumgartner? 
Uh, what do you mean? Like, where he's going to he, sign? He declined, right? Yeah, he declined it. So, as I said, that means that if he signs with a team, depending on how much money he signs for, so if it's over $50 million and the Giants get a pick between 30 and 40, if it's under 50, it's 70 to 80. It's going to be over 50, so they're most likely going to get a really high pick. Um, but if they sign a guy who has the qualifying offer attached to him, they lose a pick but they would gain two extra picks from the guys who left. So it's kind of confusing in that way. Like, it's really confusing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else to add to baseball talk? No, that's about it. All right, sweet. Let's, let's move on. Let's talk about some college hoops, specifically St. Mary's hoops. Uh, yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, opening game was against Wisconsin. Overtime thriller. Uh, St. Mary's won that game. Um then the next game, uh, opening night in, in Moraga, California, to play Winthrop. They lost that game by two points. Uh, kind of disappointing way, but it is what it is. Um, and then this uh, Thursday night, uh, yesterday, I went to the game. Uh, they played Long Beach State, in which a couple of listeners and followers of the Bay Podcast go to, specifically Justin, Justin Samra and John Kabat. The 49ers? Uh, 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 yeah. Bounce win for the Gales, uh, winning 81-63. to mm. uh, Huge games by uh, Malas Toss. He's from Estonia. Uh, mm. Had uh, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. And my boy, Tommy Cousy. Where's he uh, from? Had, uh, off the bench. And he's from California. Oh, he's from Arizona. Oh, okay. Um, Tommy's from Arizona. A good guy. Had a couple classes with the guy. Funny guy. Uh, coming off the bench, uh, 20 points, uh, 2 rebounds, and 8 assists. Uh, had some... Uh, big hitting threes um, look great. So, and that's that. Uh, uh, next game is Sunday uh, against Cal Poly at five o'clock. I might be heading out to that game. Uh, so I'm becoming a close to 49ers play at one o'clock. So we shall see what time I get there. But yes, that's it for St. Mary's now, basketball. Now I have a question about St. Mary's. I love questions. I love questions. I've noticed that St. Mary's has a lot of international players on their team. In college, is there a limit on how many international players you could have on one team? Or is it like you could have like every player be international? Or is there like a certain number you can have and a certain number of American players or like like players you would need to have as well? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I obviously don't want to play the NCAA, but... I, I would I would think there's a limit to how many uh, uh how many uh what you call it, international players you would have on your team. Obviously, our team is filled with uh, Australians. Uh, like I said, Estonia. Uh, we have a guy from Latvia. My guy KZ. Call him Larry. Um, hmm. um, but I mean, a lot of them are also from the area. Um, always said something Arizona, but I, that's a good, really, that's a really good question. I, I don't think uh, a college team would have all international players on their team, but I would think that there would be a limit of how many you can have. Hmm. So, because I'm looking I'm online, sure. I'm looking online. There's like there's like headlines saying that they're trying to ban foreign players from the NCAA. That's really? like from 2018. Which, I don't understand that really, but... That didn't happen, so... Oh, it may be, okay. Um, 
Okay, never mind. That's from okay. That was okay. Never mind. I looked at that was a Philippine. That was from a website from the Philippines, like ESPN Philippines, talking about how the Philippines uh-huh. were going to have a limit on international players. So never mind. Yeah, never mind. I mean, the Philippines does has does have their own NBA league, the PBA. Yeah, like um, like example. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never, mind, never mind. That is a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. In China, the China Basketball League, you can only have like two American-born players on your team, like pro-wise. But I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, they only have like two players from American or like international or something like that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but yeah, that's where I got the NCAA question from. Great question. Great question. Yeah. Uh, Anything else to add? Do you know how East Bay is doing at all? I know they won two games, and I think they lost one. So I believe they're okay. two and one. Yeah, St. Mary's are also two and one. Like I just said, uh, they were playing Cal Poly San Luis Obispo on Sunday at five o'clock. But yeah, while we move on, talk about some 49ers talk. Uh, so they did play on Monday night. Uh, they put the Seahawks in you could say an instant classic of a game. Um I had a bunch of notes, I deleted them because it's mm been four days why are we in this game yeah um yeah for those that don't know they lost in overtime uh score is 27-24 should have won um Emmanuel Sanders played like two series had to come out nor George Kittle um had six total drops in that game uh one for pick on a tip pass uh our defense somewhat looked good the first half uh gave up 21 straight points and then well, I just came yeah, about that, back uh, in the fourth, scored a touchdown, yeah. the two-point conversion um, to make it a field goal game, uh, doing link seconds. Uh, well, first, Jimmy G had to get it up up the field on a final drive, got it up uh, for a makeable 47-yarder uh, rookie kicker. Uh, Chase McLaughlin is that how you would say it yeah McLaughlin something like that Chase McLaughlin rookie kicker he was with San Diego he was in the AF um I was literally praying he just made it and he did I fucking screamed the top of my lungs when he did I was so happy um I was so goddamn happy that was, that was awesome to see from the guy rookie kicker uh, making it known that he that he can't kick in this league lol um mm. but yeah we go to OT um, there's a lot of discrepancy in what Gino said. Heads, tails, hails. We don't really know. I obviously move past it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, the Seahawks start off with the ball. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, overtime is 10 minutes long. Two te- both teams get two timeouts. Everything is under review. Um, but yeah, they drive up the field. Uh, Russell Wilson looked like to throw a lob up. And then rookie linebacker Dre Greenlaw picks it off, runs for like 40 yards. And I'm like, oh my God, all we got to do is score. All we have to do is score. And a field goal or a touchdown doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I thought there was two touchdowns on a play. I thought Russell Wilson's going to throw a touchdown pass. Then I thought right. Dre Greenlaw was going to score a touchdown on that play. Yeah, I also, yeah. It, it looked like he was going to score a pick six on that. If that would have had been the case. Dear God, that would have been insane. But, um, yeah, uh, I think it was in a couple of running plays. It was like a fourth. It was like a third and two. Um, Raheem Mostert. Uh, at this point, Tevin Coleman's hurt, I think. And then 
Also, Matt Breida's hurt, so Raheem Mostert's in playing running back. Uh, our only healthy back at that point, Jeff Wilson Jr., was a healthy, healthy scratch. Uh, that he is most of the time. Uh, so Raheem Mostert was uh, doing his thing. It was just a simple, uh, simple uh, dive play, and it looked like he got the first down. The uh, line judge on the far side was running him. Looked like it was the first down, and then this is from the point of view of if you're looking at the TV. Uh, and the close uh, line judge was a little bit farther back. They reviewed the play. It looked like Raheem Mostert was not down when he passed the first down marker, but they did not overturn it. Yeah. Fourth and like one. Uh, again, same exact thing that uh, same exact uh, uh, length of the field goal, forty-seven yarder. Um, for the win, Tim Laughlin, uh, Pete Carroll calls a timeout. Obviously. Then the review uh, happened. And then they reviewed it, right, or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I'm already forgetting. But um, yeah. yeah, go up to kick it uh, wide left. Uh, uh, there was a point of view. Someone had a camera uh, that the kick went inside the tunnel of the 49ers. Um, Wasn't close. Was not close at all. Um, hmm. Booger sucks. Yeah. And whatever the other guy's name is, I don't even know. I really don't care. Yeah, they're they're awful. They're awful. Uh, the announcers, that is. Yeah, the announcers are just for those awful. who don't know. Probably good men. Just, yeah, probably good people. Just awful. But absolutely awful, awful, awful commentators. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Let's get it back. Um, all we gotta do is score a field goal, uh, and Josh Lambo does it. Get, they got the field goal. Uh, that was it. 27-24, like I said at the beginning. And that was the game. Uh, so the 49ers undefeated no more. Still the number one seed. If playoffs started today in the NFC. And obviously, overall. But yeah, the Seahawks are not that far behind. Obviously following us in the division 2-1 uh, to one now. Uh, them being undefeated. Uh, the, Seahawks, uh, the Rams being 0-2. And the Cardinals being also 0-2. We now go back. We are now playing the Arizona Cardinals this coming Sunday, uh, 105. Did you have anything else to add to the Seahawks game, Jake? You had anything else? Sorry, I didn't ask. No, it was disappointing that they lost, but I think it's gonna be better. Right. I think it's gonna be good for them in the long run. Um, like that's gonna be good for them in the long run. They didn't really play that well, but they almost won. Um, but yeah, right. I thought it was a good, it was a great game. Just disappointing that they lost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely hundred percent agree. Uh, great fucking game. Um, again, missing pieces, but I'm not going to make any excuses. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, taking Arizona Cardinals next at home, so back-to-back home games. Um, and then after Arizona, we'll have Green Bay, another, which was flexed to Sunday night. So again, putting the 49ers back Yay. in the spotlight. We'll Thank see how God. they react. But yeah, Arizona, Arizona at 105 this Sunday. What do you expect out of this game, Jake? I think it's going to be a tough game. I do think they're going to win. Because they have more time to, you know, get ready for um, whatever that guy's name is, the quarterback. Um, so they have time Calibre. to get, yeah, they have time to get ready for him. Um, they actually played defense really well. I remember you said something that they gave up twenty-one straight points. Um, the defense, however, like the first touchdown was a fumble by Jimmy Garoppolo. They scored. Yes. Second one was that terrible interception that was not really. You could, you could blame Garoppolo. But you're a pro receiver, cash the damn ball. 
Yeah. Not that tough. So Kendrick Bourne caught the first touchdown. Yeah. And it looked to be uh, almost a second touchdown, but like you said, it was tipped. Uh, Quandre Diggs intercepted it. I'm pretty sure that's who, who intercepted it. But, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, so that they happened. Score on, they, score, they score on that drive, yeah. They score there at 14 points. Then Guapola fumbles again. They score again. So to me, the defense wasn't really the problem um, when they gave up the points. I thought the defense it played. The offense. Yeah, without the turnovers, I saw a tweet saying that the Seahawks punted four times. Like, it was like this. This is the drive. It was like punt, 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 fumble, fumble, punt, punt, fumble, punt, punt, interception. Without turnovers, right. and they, then they score on like the next possession. Uh, but another thing that I kind of didn't like was when they had the ball one thirty, like one forty. The Niners had the ball one forty five left to go, and they threw the ball three times in a row. Um, I would like to see at least one run play, or like a screen pass, um, but they didn't really. They threw it down three times, and the last third down play where Garoppolo missed Debo Samuel. Samuel was gone. Like if that's a if that was a better like if that was more out in front and Samuel catches it he's gone touchdown but you can't live Absolutely. in that yeah you can't look back and look hey damn they should have done this should have done that you have to move on yeah. to Rafe Arizona I you, moved on pretty quick the, you can't look at the hypotheticals that's for sure yeah I moved on pretty quick I was like okay game they lost okay they lost move on next week get ready for the Cardinals win that play the Packers win that you're ten and one you're probably going to be first in the division. First in the conference, so you need to get back to what you're doing great. Hopefully, Emmanuel Sanders can play. I think he will play. Kittle, I doubt will play. And hopefully, the kicker doesn't have like doesn't keep thinking about the miss he had and tries to keep going and get better at right, it. Right, right, right. Um, he was he was you know three for three for three at one point. He was really good. Last kick he missed, uh, but if they get, uh, they should win this game no matter what happens. But if Emmanuel Sanders doesn't play and Kittle doesn't play, it's gonna be tough. But if Manuel Sanders does play, they're going to win this game, I believe, pretty easily. My predictions, like, I'll, we'll get into the predictions later, but I'll say I'll just stop on that, actually. But I think they're going to win this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, the 49ers got the, the, on the first game against Arizona got the first taste of a very up-tempo offense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see a lot more of that against this Arizona team. Obviously, uh, Arizona has a threat of a big play every single time. We've seen that the first time we played them with the Andy Isabella 88-yard touchdown. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, what, our, defense, yeah. Our, second, our secondary just plays a lot better. I think Akilah Witherspoon comes back this week. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I think he is coming back. I just looked at the injury report. Let me look back at okay. it again, actually. Um, so he's. they said when he comes back, he's getting the starting spot back. Yes, Manuel yes, Mosley, yes. I think, is going to be – a great he could be a pro, he's going to be a great player in this league I believe he reminds me of Chris Harris Jr. kind of but on the injury report for Kel Witherspoon he's a foot and quadricep that's his injury foot and quadricep and he's questionable however he's more likely to play than not yes yeah so yeah um, yeah so I would go over our so that's it for our, uh, 49ers talk um, yeah 8-1 uh, hopefully going to improve this Sunday, like we've been saying, to 9-1. and one. We'll get into our predictions later. But let's talk about our picks that we had last week. Um, starting off with the Thursday night game, Raiders versus Chargers. Uh, Jake talked about this game earlier, which he thought the Chargers, uh, especially Philip Rivers, would have a better game. Uh, he did not. 
I think he threw three interceptions against the Raiders. I chose the Raiders. Jake chose the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move on from there to Sunday night, which was Vikings versus Cowboys. Um, Amari Cooper is pretty good. Uh, the Vikings did a really good job playing the, against the run. Ezekiel Elliott did not do so well. Um, uh, Kirk Cousins had a couple touchdowns. I think both to Kyle Rudolph, who was my tight end. Right. Shout out to that guy. Uh, both both of us picking the Vikings. Uh, Monday night, obviously the 49ers lost to the Seahawks and our locks of the week. I took the Saints over the Falcons. The Falcons won 21-9. Very, very disappointed in that pick. Jesus. Um, Jake took the Ravens over Bengals. Uh, Ravens uh, put up 49, I'm pretty sure, against them. And had the highlight of the week that game with the massive spin move for a touchdown run by Lamar Jackson. Uh, and then with our upset picks, so us, both Jake and I, losing... I uh, the Bills losing to the Browns, and then Jake picking Cardinals over Bucks, and that game was actually pretty close. Uh, both of us went two and three last week, but now let's move on to this week's NFL Pick'em Week Eleven. Uh, obviously, the game yesterday, uh, a lot to talk about. Obviously, I don't know. We didn't talk about it yet, right? Uh, we have not talked about anything. Okay, perfect. This week. So yeah, so. We'll stick with this game for a little bit. But yeah, it was Browns versus Steelers. Oh, and, uh, nice. Very nasty divisional uh, game. Um, uh, Browns won 21-7. Uh, they improved to 4-6 on the year, on the bubble, for playoffs. Uh, but yes, I took the Browns, Jake took the Steelers. She said Steelers all day in the text. Um, Whoops. <laughs> I mean, they were without uh, James Conner. Uh, I think uh, he re-aggravated his shoulder injury that he was out for, I think, two games or a game. So, not good. Jake also has that guy on his fantasy team. Um, Who? And he had the kicker for the Steelers on his fantasy team. Who? James Conner, you said? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. Jake had James Conner. Yeah, I forgot. Um, My team's so not good. Not, not good for Jake in our uh, – team's Good team. for me. Yeah. Not good for Jake in our fantasy matchup. But, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, massively, this is just crazy. Jake, why don't you, why don't you start off? Why don't, why don't you talk about it? Why don't you talk about it? Talk about, what do you want me to talk about? The, the thing that I have, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there was a um, massive brawl in the game. Big time. Big time brawl. So it was like third. It was third and twenty nine of like on the what like fifteen seconds to go. Um, it was uh, third and twenty five with like eight seconds left. Yeah, I'm not sure why they then just kneel the ball. I didn't understand that because it's because it's uh it's Mike Tomlin, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's true of that. Um, you said Mike Tomlin, yeah. Um, so third and twenty five. Rudolph has uh, the quarterback Mason Rudolph for the Steelers had a horrific game. He was awful. Had four interceptions. However, that's no that's not what anyone's talking about today. Um, so, with about as you see, like ten seconds left or so, there was a melee, and I got the sound from what it sounded like. I, I know it's gonna be, it's gonna be a better job of how they explain it than I explain it. But here's what the sound was with the fight. Um, but before I get into it, it was um, between the uh, Miles Garrett, the, the Cleveland Browns 
um, defensive end, all pro, stuff like that. Um, we try to get a better video of it because um, that's not really the greatest video. Uh, let's see if I can find one. Right, okay, so here's what happened. Let me make sure this plays right. Um, okay, it's doing an ad. But once I get talk more about it, third and 25, last play of the game, base, one of the last plays of the game, basically. Eight seconds left. Um, fuck. Jeez, this is terrible. This is horrific. Uh, this is bad by me. Sorry about that, how bad this sounds. So here's what happened. Third and 25, they dumped the ball off. You don't see anything what, what happens really. Dump the ball off. The, the guy goes out of bounds. It's fourth down. Eight seconds left. You think nothing's happening, right? Wrong. Here's what the sound from Joe Buck and Troy Eggman said. And I'm sorry of how bad I did this and how clunky it sounds. But here's what the sound was. Here's a flag as... Whoa! Hello! Whoa! Mason Rudolph got Rudolph into it. Get out of there. What in the world? Believe Miles Garrett? They'll be bringing a helmet? Yeah, there'll be some ejections. Okay. Coming out of this. There may be suspensions. That's right, suspensions. So that, that that was horrific by me. This is going to be the shittiest thing we've ever done podcast-wise. This is going to be like a horrible thing. All right, yeah, but, apologizing. It's all good. So let's talk about what happened. Again, sorry about it. But here's what happened. So the play, as I said, fourth down, guy goes out of bounds. You see Garrett like tackle Rudolph to the ground. I think Garrett thought he had the ball, like he was sacking him. But it, clearly the ball was out of his hands. So as they're going to the ground – like Mason Rudolph tries to get Miles Garrett off of him and like grabs his helmet a little bit, tries to pull his helmet off, trying to get out of it. So then Miles Garrett on the bottom of the pile flips over, gets like on top of Mason Rudolph, takes his helmet off. They like the helmets off. Mason Rudolph is trying to get the helmet back. Miles Garrett then swings the helmet at a helmetless Mason Rudolph, gets him right in the head. And if that hit anywhere else than where it did, that his face, his head could have busted open, and if that hits in the right spot, because Miles Garrett's what like six six, like two seventy, that could have killed Mason Rudolph. Then there's two offensive linemen for him right there. They see what's happening, so they go crazy. Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro. Marquise Pouncey starts punching Miles Garrett, gets him on the ground, and he kicks Miles Garrett, then punches him again. 
Miles Garrett deserved to get his ass demolished and beat. I was c- hoping that My- Mike Pouncey actually landed, but they're both wearing helmets, and that's kind of stupid to fight someone with a helmet on. But that's what happened with that. Then when Mason Rudolph like tries to go away at the play, a Browns defensive lineman named Larry Okunjobi pushes Mason Rudolph right on the ground. Mason Rudolph says, Mason Rudolph in, in the video says, bitch. Like that when he gets pushed down by uh, Larry Okunjobi, he yells bitch at the guy. Then all the guys come out. Uh, one of the guys on the defensive line for the Steelers runs out there. I think Cam Hayward. He's trying to get into the face of Larry Okunjobi saying, what the hell are you doing? Larry Okunjobi says, hey, I was trying to protect my teammate, but he went after the quarterback who didn't have the helmet and not the offensive lineman. So he's kind of a pussy in that. Miles Garrett's a pussy in that for what he did. Mason Rudolph is not absolved from like any sort of like blame to it. However, I'm not blaming him a ton, as some people on social media are doing, especially Twitter saying, oh, it's his fault that it happened. No, Miles Garrett, under no circumstances, can swing a helmet at a guy without a helmet. You can't do it. It's a loss of control. Makes you look like you're not. Makes you look like you're, like you're a bad person. And Miles Garrett puts on this facade, as you and me were talking about, like before the we recorded. Puts on this facade, of like oh, I'm such a nice guy. I don't do anything wrong. During the season, he punched Delaney Walker in the face. He ended the season to Luke Falk. He got ejected in another game, and he got ejected in this game and got and got basically almost tried to kill Mason Rudolph. Got his ass kicked. Then the most inexplicable thing is Mason Rudolph doesn't leave the game, doesn't go like a concussion protocol. He stays out there for a fourth down. They kneel it down. They kneel down the ball. There's five seconds left. They think the game's over. It's not. The Browns, everyone, everyone leaves, but the Browns and the Steelers have to come back on the field. They have to do one more play. The Steelers kneel down, end the game, which is stupid. There should be rules saying that happens. You can just say, hey, game's over. That's it. But they couldn't do it. Ton of confusion. The coach for Freddie Kitchens looks like a complete moron for not having control of his team. Mike Tomlin's pissed at Freddie Kitchens, pissed at the Browns. Mike Tomlin gets some blame too because you're down by 14. You have no times out, timeouts left. You're out your 15-yard line. Just kneel the ball, get it over with. Miles Garrett gets ejected. I believe Larry Okunjobi gets ejected. Um, that's what happened with that. And then earlier in the game, there's that big hit on Juju Schuster. He gets a, he gets out of the game concussion. Uh, one of the players next, like in the third quarter, Deontay Johnson, receiver for the Steelers, gets hit in the head by one of the safeties from the Browns. That safety gets ejected. Deontay Johnson has a concussion. He's bleeding out of the side of his head. Looks really horrific. That looks bad. Then there's a report saying that this game, there's no like real like truth. There's like no like facts between it though. But it felt like this game was kind of a like you remember the uh, bounty scandal with the New Orleans Saints back in 2011 with the 49ers. Yes, I do exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. People will think this is kind of that situation. It's kind of hard to like. It's kind of hard not to like bring parallels to it because Smith Schuster out for the game concussion. Another receiver for the Steelers bloodies his head, gets his head bloodied out with a concussion, out for the game. He was his, his ear was bleeding. His ear was bleeding. Ear was bleeding. Yes, um, he gets ejected from the game. This happens. The Garrett, Randall did. The Randall. Yeah, the Marius Randall gets ejected. Miles Garrett gets ejected. Larry Okunjobi gets ejected. This is this is such a microcosm of their season where even if they win, they still lose. Most of you guys got suspended. I'm not sure if you want to bring up the suspensions. Um, if you, do you want to do that? So yeah, so Miles Garrett uh, suspended indefinitely. 
There's six, there's six games left so uh, of the season, obviously. Uh, so he's out for that. If the Browns make the playoffs, we'll see about that. Uh, he will not be playing. So yeah. um, he's done, um, which I think isn't the right for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. Um, like you were saying, I was actually talking about this in my sociology class of how, well, not even that, just like just about the situation. I, I, I think a helmet is pretty fucking heavy. All right. I think it's like, like eight pounds, football, five that, pounds. That, that shit, it's, it's like ten pounds. Yeah, it's that like a shit brick. Will kill someone. It's like a it, brick. Yeah, it will. If you're going ahead, like, like you were saying, Miles Garrett's like six six, two hundred seventy five pounds. The guy's fucking muscular. We've seen the videos he's posted on Instagram. One literally just like swing from his hip all the way back on top of someone's head, dead. Yeah, he, yeah. And one thing is, he he was he uh, hit it with the under part of the helmet, not the not like the forehead part. Right. If it was the forehead part, Mason Rudolph would have been on the ground. And Mason so, Rudolph is six five two, but he's not. He's like two fifteen, something like he's that. So obviously, yeah. But um, it, it would have been over for the guy. Um. Yeah, uh, Pouncey, I think it's three games. Ogunjobi, right. I think he was just fine. He was actually got suspended for one game. For one game, okay, so it's one game. Uh, and then I think Mr. Rudolph uh, was fined. Fine, yeah. he was an altercation too, so. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything else uh, on the suspensions. I mean, the biggest one obviously just being Miles Garrett for the rest of the season. Yeah, and he got indefinitely too, which means that even though he's going to be suspended for the rest of the season, he could be could be suspended even more because he has to go in front of Roger Goodell, get reinstated to the league, but he may not get reinstated. You don't know. Could be suspended more. Yeah, I was talking to one of my buddies, uh, Jack, in my class, and he was like, "Dude, it's reading an article today that he might not play in the NFL ever again." There's like, there's like, like you were just saying, like he has to get reinstated. Yeah, yeah, indefinitely. I um, I don't know if he's going to get banned. I, I I don't think he's going to get banned yeah. in the NFL. I can see it being obviously the rest of this season. I can see it being four games next year too. Ne- four, four to eight games next year. Yeah. Um. God, from a guy being somewhat of defensive player of the year candidate to being yeah just like that sucks. But I mean, yeah. hey, it has to happen. There are consequences. Yep. And just gotta live with that shit. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um. But yeah, I don't have anything else to add. You want to move on? Yep. All right, perfect. So yeah, let's move on to the Sunday night game. Uh, Bears versus the Rams. Uh, um, I'm, taking the, I'm taking the Rams. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking the Rams as well. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not, the Bears offense is just anemic. They're god-awful offense. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with my pick, but I'm not comfortable taking the other team either. So I'm going to go yeah, with this I, one. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, obviously, the Bears still have Cleo Mack. They still have somewhat solid defense, but with Mitchell back there. I mean, they did get the win last week. Mitchell did throw three touchdowns, but it was only for 170 yards. Um, so, we shall see. Obviously, Sunday night. Uh, moving on, uh, Monday night, uh, Chiefs versus Chargers. I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, Jake, who are you taking this game? I'll be taking the Chiefs as well. I don't trust Philip Rivers. Do you have to start in my fantasy league? Not happy about LOL. that, but I don't trust LOL. him really, so I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, 
uh, Chargers hurting on defense without Derwin James has been out for an entire year. Uh, I mean, just Joey Bosa, Melvin mm, Ingram's. Uh, they're doing okay, but it's not the defense that they were last year for sure. Yeah, Bosa has like um, nine sacks, but sacks aren't indicative of performance really. Um, he's been he's been really good too, Bosa. But he's not been like all pro level, but he's been you know he's been. You talk, which are you, you talking about Joey? You talking about no? Joey Bosa? Yeah, he hasn't. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. So like he's been good, however, he hasn't been like all pro level great, and their defense isn't that great to, to begin with. As you said, Derwin James is out; they missed Derwin James. Quarterback's pretty bad. He's old. They need a new quarterback in next year's draft. Melvin Ingram, Melvin Gordon, has been playing like sporadically. He's been playing all right. Keenan Allen's a great yeah. receiver, but they haven't been found him the ball really. So it's gonna be tough for them to yeah. win this game. So I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree, definitely agree. Yes, let's move on uh, to the 49ers versus Cardinals game. Uh, the 49ers are uh, heavy favorites in this game, uh, 11 and a half. Uh, let me actually check if it changed because I think I did this on Tuesday. It is Friday. The lines, uh, the spread does change, for those who don't know, uh, throughout the week. So if you do bet, them, bet on them early. Uh, so, yeah, it has actually lowered uh, to 10 points. Uh, 10-point favorite for the 49ers hmm. uh, with the over-under of, oh, I'll say the same, 45. Um, who are you taking in this game, Jake? I'll be taking these 49ers in this game. Um, I'm not sure if they'll win so by... Is I, so is I. I'm not sure if they're going to win by the amount of points they're predicted to win by, but I think they're going to win this game. Um, so I'm picking the Niners to win. Yes, yeah, so you taking over or under in this game, Jake? I'll take over. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll take the over in this game also as well. So, and then, let's move across the bay, in which the Raiders are playing the Bengals. Uh, it says I've had it at 10.5. Beginning of the week, it actually increased by a point. Uh, so, it's now 11.5 with the over-under of 48.5. I'm taking the Raiders. The Bengals are trash. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to say for you, Jake is also taking the Raiders. The Bengals yep. are trash. Yeah, trash. They're garbage. Um, but, yeah, let's move on uh, to our locks of the week. Um, I'm thinking Vikings over Broncos. Vikings are favored by ten and a half. Uh, yeah. Uh, who are you taking in your lock of the week? My lock of the week is the Cowboys over the Lions. Matt Stafford isn't playing. They're playing that rookie guy again. I believe the Lions are. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it should be a good uh, lock game for sure. And with our upsets, I will be taking Jags plus three over the Colts. Um, Colts four, uh, five and four, Jaguars four and five. Nick Foles comeback game uh, this Sunday should be interesting. His first playing time since week one after he suffered that uh, broken collarbone. He'll be back in the lineup this week. So yes, I'll be taking Jags up Colts and Jake. Who is your upset of the week? Oh my god, I like it. I actually yep. do like this pick, Jake. Why don't you go ahead and say what it is? For the second week in a row, I'm taking the Miami Dolphins as my upset pick. I'm predicting them to beat the Buffalo Bills. I believe this game is at it is at Miami. I'm taking the Dolphins. The Bills haven't been playing well recently. The Dolphins have been playing really well the past three weeks. Uh, better than usual. Better than what people thought. People thought they were the worst team ever. They're not. Dolphins, I believe, are going to win this game because I don't trust Josh Allen. And it's at Miami. And you know the Miami flu where you... Go out the night before, get a little drunk, you're hungover for the next game, stuff like that. So I'm taking the Dolphins over the Bills in my upset pick of the week. I like it. Yeah, so they've won two in a row. 
Um, my third time picking the yeah. The, it's my third time picking the Dolphins. My upset pick. Picked them against last week against the Jets. Then early season against the Patriots. Patriots game did not work well at all. Jets they won. They're going to win this game. <laughs> it did not work well at all. No, no, it did not. But yeah, you're taking them this week. Yeah, it should be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, they're only uh, six point underdogs. Um, like you said, they're playing pretty well. I mean, they're two wins in a row. Why not make it three? It seems like they're not tanking. Uh, as hard anymore. It seems like they're uh, starting to play as a team and that the Bengals are still trash and the Jets are hot garbage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are our picks of this week. Um, I have nothing else to add to the podcast. Jake, anything else to add? Nope, nothing else. All right, well, thanks for listening to the Bay Podcast with your James with Jake, episode 82. Uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on Instagram with the Bay underscore podcast, like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on the SoundCloud app, and also subscribe subscribe to us on the podcast app. Yep, make sure to um, make sure to subscribe, like, make sure to subscribe, like, share, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Do about fifty times you can get the system. A little trickling from being in the industry for over twenty one months, almost twenty two months. It's going to top two hundred podcasts worldwide. We all take top hundred podcasts, sports and recreation. But as you know, we shoot for the stars for the Bay podcast. Get us in the top two hundred podcasts worldwide. If you did that, we'll give you a high five. That's all the ad for today's episode. James, how about you? Bye. Bye.